0: Welcome to the See Now podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Coleman, here with my co-host, David Ludlum, and we are joined today by Colorado Macy University Assistant Professor of Biochemistry, Dylan Jones. Welcome to the show.
1: It's good to be here.
0: You received your PhD from the University of Nevada. You um, obviously are interested in kind of how things work in the human body, and I think you say it so eloquently. So. Tell us about biochemistry, what is it, and why did you want to dedicate your life to it?
1: Yeah, um, so I think biochemistry is really just the study of the chemistry that essentially allows life as we know it to exist. Um, You know, anything from the reason why you breathe oxygen, to how your muscles work, to the reason why you need food, to your emotions, like everything can be explained Through biochemistry Um, and so I think that makes it a particularly interesting subject to learn about because everyone can relate to it you know Um, it's very kind of um, apparent and that provides I think a lot of pretty cool opportunities in the classroom to you know have students relate to it a little bit better than other areas of chemistry in my opinion. Um, I started out in chemistry as an organic chemist so I was synthesizing small molecules that were um, you know, active inhibitors of HIV. And that's what kind of led me into becoming interested in the chemistry of like the human body, really. Um, since then I've kind of branched out to, you know, much more biochemistry, um, other than the human body. Uh, but I think ultimately I'm, I'm just really fascinated by the chemistry that allows us to live and exist.
2: Well, to me, the most important question and the one I really wanted to ask you is why when you pour salt on a slug, does it disintegrate? i wondered that my entire uh, life. Do you know, you know uh, as a chemist?
1: <laughs> the
2: 1st It's funny because I think that's not the first time I've been
1: asked that really? question. My first suggestion would be to not do that. I uh, guess, not but, that I've <laughs> ever done, of course. <laughs> but, uh, I've been there. Um, you know, I think it's just an issue of, so, so it turns out the concentration of salts um, you know, just as we think about them, sodium chloride, table salt, uh, are very important for a variety of reasons within the cell and outside of the cell. It's how our neurons work, um, a variety of, you know, your muscles rely on, on uh, salt concentrations. So when you add in a ton of salt all of a sudden, um, usually that has a pretty, pretty negative effect on the, the cell. Like drinking salt water. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, for a similar reason, that's why you shouldn't drink deionized water which is missing the salt.
2: On a more serious note, (laughs) so biochemistry is a complicated discipline, but how do you introduce it to young, aside from pouring salt on a slug in a healthy way, how do you introduce it to young people to get them enthused about perhaps going on to do what you do? I think I I just try to point out how prevalent it is in our life, you
1: know, um, from everything from, you know, the food that you enjoy, we talk a lot about having energy and like what that actually is on a chemical you know from a chemical basis um you know i find that people are very fascinated by movement metabolism exercise uh we have a lot of you know pre healthcare professionals who are very interested in the chemistry underlying diseases um so I, I think that it's a very um approachable topic because people are already kind of interested in a lot of things that biochemistry can explain, so it helps to kind of under helps them understand it on a deeper level. Um, so I think it serves as a very uh, it's very easy jumping off point, I guess. Yeah, you, know, that makes you sense.
0: I think are in the right part of the world because you are interested in climbing, hiking, biking, trail running. When you're doing these type of activities, are you thinking? how you can do them better based on yeah. you know breathing. I think about
1: my mitochondria all the time. <laughs> it's like, like nobody ever before. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's something that, you know, I talk to a lot of um, student athletes about. They'll ask nutrition questions, like, you know, I'm going on a long run, what type of food should I eat? And when should I eat it? And um, you know, as we go through, so there's, there's two semesters of biochemistry offered here at CMU. And as we go through and get deeper and deeper into, especially the second semester this spring, um, they start to kind of ask those questions and then they'll go out and go for a run and then tell me about it, you know, um, about how that kind of worked out based on their, their kind of newfound understanding of biochemistry. And that kind of all gets back to like the, I think the relatability
2: of biochemistry, like Everyone's got to breathe, you know. Everyone's got to eat. How so? How, every once in a while how we breathe and how we eat. Are, but are, how do we metabolize food? Are we kind of like we're like these mini power plants that are turning. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, how does that work? Absolutely. I mean, like it really. At least, at least organisms such as ourselves,
1: plants do it a little differently, but the kind of general foundation of, of generating what we know as energy is pretty much the same. Um, we ingest food and we break it down. Into molecules that are essentially very similar to the gasoline that you're putting in your car, and you know we are just essentially, um, you know, organisms that have these mitochondria that essentially perform a lot of combustion reactions. We are taking sugars and breaking them down into CO2. So, like when you when you breathe out, that is that CO2 that you're breathing out is essentially the the byproduct of extracting energy from the, whatever you've, you've eaten that day. Um, we are really just kind of these energy producing beings. That's all we do. (laughs) Everything kind of revolves around producing energy. Um,
0: I like to think of, you know, sunflowers, like when the sun comes out, the sunflower will lean towards the sun and kind of open up and, get beautiful and and lately the spring it's been just gray constantly and you know people are kind of I think over it a little bit and wanting that sunshine is that kind of the the reality of us being you know animals or plant-like where yeah we need the sun and when the sun comes out we kind of I guess brighten up and come out and want to interact yeah yeah
1: so like um you know everyone says you got to get your vitamin d right you got to get your vitamin d and I, I grew up in northern Minnesota where the days are very short in the winter and very cold and bitter, and a lot of people have these, these special lamps that provide them with this sunlight. And, um, you know, obviously plants utilize sunlight to a much greater extent than we do, but, for instance, this vitamin D is actually made in our body um from a precursor that requires sunlight for it to be made and that, that vitamin D plays a huge role on your happiness and overall well-being so there is some truth to like you actually do need sunshine to uh to be healthy <laughs> um which is great about grand junction you know it's, it's usually always sunny i don't know i've only been here for a year but so far it's been pretty good
2: i've always wondered so you the sunlight produces vitamin D you can also take supplements, but those would be absorbed in a much different way. Do they actually work? Is it worth taking vitamin D supplements?
1: You got to be careful about supplements just because nothing has been approved by the FDA, meaning that it hasn't been through, you know, rigorous experimentation to really, you know, there's just not a lot of data on it. Um, I I don't think they hurt in most cases. Um, It's just a question of how well it will be absorbed by your body and whether or not you'll metabolize it faster than it can get to its target organ where it can be used. Um, but I would say for vitamin D, like you, you're probably making the precursor that's needed. You just need to get out the, yeah, get, get outside. The yeah, I tell my students to go outside a lot, like almost every before every week I say, please go outside. Like, I think it's an important part of your, your overall well-being.
0: Is there a role for biochemists to play in helping with depression or mental health? And is there a nexus between, uh, you know, mental health professionals and biochemists doing research to to really help people and overcome those challenges?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one of my favorite things about biochemistry is kind of working at this kind of interface between um, biology and medicine and metabolism and chemistry and, um, you know, I I always tell people that, you know, the reason why you feel anything, any emotion is just chemistry. It's just chemicals in your body. Um, And so understanding these chemical imbalances really comes from an understanding of, you know, how they fundamentally should be occurring. And so I think biochemists offer, you know, that kind of knowledge in terms of um, identifying the problem and also trying to figure out how to rectify that. So... um, this kind of came from, my interest in this really stemmed from my PhD work where I was just you know, developing drugs in, in more of a medicinal chemistry sense. And you'll find that a lot of medicinal chemists have know quite a bit about biochemistry
2: as well. Is there a natural tension between uh, the pursuit of pharma- pharmacological solutions and somebody like yourself who understands that there are, are perhaps lifestyle, environmental, and natural uh, uh, mechanisms for improving your your mental health and physical health through just knowing about biochemistry and what you can do day to day to make your life better?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's definitely beneficial to know just kind of its general understanding of, of, of how your body is working. Um, but something I, I still quite don't understand— but I appreciate immensely is just how complex something like a human body is in terms of the number of reactions that are going on. You know, you think about taking um, a, a chemistry class and you do this reaction and you put in one molecule with another and you get the third molecule out. Well, that is happening like billions and billions of times in your body every day, all day, right? Um, so it's just such a complicated system. It's It's hard to... Um, generalized sometimes, you know, having that understanding of biochemistry can certainly help you, but uh, it turns out the human body is just very difficult to study due to its complexity. Um, I think biochemistry is probably one of the better um, approaches to understanding, you know, how to, how to fix those, those imbalances.
0: How did you get into this subject? You know, where, how did you grow up and, and what led you down this path?
1: Yeah, I, always grew up fascinated with medicine. Um, so I went to undergrad thinking, you know, I'll do a, a, a biology major and a chemistry minor. And the first, I remember my first day of chemistry, my first general chemistry class, my teacher said, um, I'll see you guys all in, in physical chemistry too, which was this advanced chemistry class that only like hardcore chemistry majors take. And I was like, yeah, right, man, whatever. Um, and then, you know, the more I went out with my undergrad, I just really kind of fell in love with chemistry. It was something that was very challenging. I realized that I could understand medicine in a way that I hadn't anticipated. I didn't know about growing up. Um, you know, instead of working in a hospital, I could understand the body and develop drugs to kind of contribute to medicine in that respect. Um, and the more I got into it, the more I just, I, I, I appreciate viewing the world through a chemical lens. I like to look at something in nature and and think about the chemistry that's occurring. Um, You know, whether it's a, uh, you know, a green leaf um, or an impressive athlete, I I just think it's all just very beautiful. Uh, And so that just kind of led me into um, working in synthetic chemistry because I wanted to develop drugs. And the more I did that, the more I understood how these drugs worked, the more I got interested in how the human body works and that kind of funneled me into biochemistry specifically with metabolism um i've always been like you know being kind of an outdoorsman um i've always been interested in like you know how can i like not feel so bad when i'm backpacking or something like that <laughs> um so yeah it's funny how you kind of end up where you don't expect but i think it's it makes sense in retrospect like why i'm here
2: you use a were uh, medicinal uh-huh. as being an interest of yours Do you, as you watch the reemergence of hallucinogenics make a comeback on the national scene and in some places are being legalized did, did you ever have any nexus with the study of hallucinogens and their role potentially in treating mental health as we've been hearing more and more about that, or is that something you haven't really had much exposure to?
1: The problem there is it's very difficult to study that because of its you know um, because it's a schedule one drug right um I do think there's a lot of potential in hallucinogenics in terms of treating mental health anything from PTSD to depression um, I do think it'll be something that as it becomes more uh, widespread and it's 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 kind of I don't know it seems like we're seeing the same thing happen with you know psilocybin as we saw with um, with THC right when I first started grad school it was widely, you know, a lot of professors wanted to study THC in terms of medicinal benefits, um, but it was hard to do because it was illegal. It became legal in a lot of states, and it became much easier to study. I think the same thing's going to happen with hallucinogens, and I think there is some real, um, I think there's some real value in that, and at least studying it. Um, you know, in terms of the antidepressants we have on the market right now, they're fairly ineffective from a chemical standpoint. Um, so it's hard to say exactly how hallucinogens will stack up because there's just not a lot of, not a lot of data, but I think it's it's a worthwhile endeavor.
2: How are uh, current pharmacological solutions to depression on the market not effective, but yet they're, I assume, one of the largest selling um, oh, yeah. chemical solutions? Mean, Prozac solution. is yeah, one of the a-
1: most widely, I mean, it's the most profitable drugs in the
2: world. But it's not effective?
1: It's effective, for sure, but there's also a lot of bad side effects. You know, it it takes, for instance, you know, it takes a few weeks to kick in. You have to um, continuously take it. Um, It does lead to side effects such as, I mean, you know, suicidal thoughts. I mean, it's it's kind of opposite to what it should be doing. Um, You know, it's, I I think, within the, the, the biochemical community, at least the academic biochemical community, it's been known for a while that like this is they're working, but we could do better, you know? Um, So I think there is a kind of desire to move into something new in terms of um, mental health treatment.
0: And you did some research in Belgium. What kind of research were you doing over there?
1: Yeah. So I would actually credit that experience in Belgium to moving me into biochemistry um, in retrospect, now that I think about it. Um, So... When I was at the University of Nevada, Reno, I started my PhD uh, dissertation just synthesizing these drugs that would block the entry of HIV into immune cells. And um, we were just kind of hardcore chemists. We would make these drugs, then we'd ship them overseas, and our collaborators in Belgium, who were much more biochemically focused than we were, would actually test them, you know, on these various cell lines to see how effective they were in blocking HIV, and I just had this opportunity to go over there and learn how they do that, and that's kind of um, you know like I said what got me into biochemistry. I went over and started learning cell culture, kind of these different biochemical assays for assessing you know the effects on a biological system that a small molecule may have, and so I came back from Belgium. I did a couple different research stints there. And um, from there, I kind of just knew I wanted to do synthetic chemistry, but I also wanted to incorporate more biology in my research going forward.
0: seems like every, you know, conversation we've had today, it's it's kind of led to you you want to help people in all these different ways. What is it about, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, of course, like, you know, nurses are helping people, yeah, yeah. social workers are helping people. I don't know if someone thinks biochemist as having that same kind of, uh, feeling right, of, of, of helping others yeah. be their, their best selves and, and helping them with all their challenges. Do you see it that way?
1: I think so. I think as a, as a professor, I think it's more focused on helping them learn biochemistry and helping them figure out what they would like to do with their chemistry degree. I think when I was younger, I wanted to be a doctor for that, uh, a medical doctor for that same reason. I wanted to help people, right? Um, when I was an undergrad, I had professors that had a very profound influence on my, um, on my education. They helped me through what—I mean, I didn't, I didn't do particularly well in chemistry, and they helped me kind of push through it. Um, I think in retrospect, they saw that I, I really loved it. And when I left undergrad, I thought, I, you know, I want to do that someday. Um, and so I think in a way, what is so satisfying about this job— here at CMU is kind of doing the same thing for students, you know, helping them not only understand, like, how cool hemoglobin is, um, but also figure out, like, you know, what do you want to do with your chemistry degree? Like, how do you get through this difficult situation in this class? Like, this is, no matter what you're studying, it's difficult, right? Um, there's going to be setbacks. So trying to just kind of help students move through their education and, help them figure out whatever it is they wanna do after this. It, it's like a very, um, it's a very rewarding part of this job. And it's like, it's definitely one of my favorite parts.
2: You use the word profound to describe and the influence that you're, you had um, professors that had on you. Can you give us an example of the profundity of one of those oh, experiences? Oh yeah,
1: I mean, you know, and I I used to be so embarrassed by this um, because, so, so I got a PhD in organic chemistry my students say, well, Dr. Joe, you, you know, this is hard. I tell them it's okay that it's hard. Like, you know, you probably did great at this. I'm like, no, I actually pretty much failed it. Okay. <laughs> like I really like first and sem- second semester organic chemistry. I did terrible. And I had professors that, you know, I, I walked in their office and said, like, I should probably switch majors. Right. This is probably not for me. Um, and they said, no, you should stick with it. If you want, if you, if you love this, stick with it. Right. Like it's, it's one grade, right? You know, obviously grades are important. And so I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to say that they're not, but in the grand scheme of things, when I look back on it, I'm like, no, I'm really happy that I stuck with it. You know, um, I think they also inspired me to pursue a degree in teaching just because I could tell how much they cared about us doing well, um, And I think that, yeah, I I owe a lot of, you know, where I'm at now to those professors I had as an undergrad. And like I said, I, I hope here at CMU, I can do the same.
0: When I was reading your bio, I found it interesting because you had said that, you know, your approach to teaching includes values like empathy, patience, and respect. And I think about CMU going through the strategic plan right now and really focused on values. I think, wow, what... What an incredible coincidence that this, you know, new faculty member was hired on and has his own set of values that he's bringing to the classroom. And they really are, you know, similar to to what CMU is focusing on. And can you talk about why you want to incorporate, you know, values like empathy and how CMU's values like power and love and curiosity and dignity and humility are are maybe embedded in the classroom?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think... One of the things that people struggle with the most, and I'm, you know, I'm one of them, is just admitting you're wrong or you don't know something, right? And oftentimes students can feel that that's a bad thing, right, that they if they don't know something that they're gonna be embarrassed or like someone, you know, professor's gonna be upset or something. Um, and I just find that if you truly want someone to learn something, they need to teach themselves, right? You can help guide them for sure. But if they can feel comfortable enough to be wrong, that opens up so many doors, you know, because the barriers are gone. They can speak their mind and tell you what they're not getting, what they're not understanding. And I can help you, right? Um, I find, you know, I'm teaching general chemistry this semester too, and I just, I love it. And uh, you know, I've been very open with them. Like, hey, I I make mistakes all the time. I make mistakes on the board. Um, I I misspeak sometimes. I think just showing them that like, hey, we're like, we're real people, you know, we make mistakes um, and that's okay. Like if you already know all this stuff, then like why are you here, right? Like you're here to learn and part of learning is just kind of being wrong sometimes and that's, it's totally okay.
2: It's, re- it's really refreshing to hear. I mean, you think sometimes that um, the scientific community gets that reputation of having hubris and but the reality is that um, you pursue a, the scientific inquiry assuming that you are wrong or at least the picture you painted is incomplete and that the best thing that could happen is if someone else proved you wrong. Right, and right. That seems lost sometimes and really refreshing to hear you bring that ethic to the classroom. Yeah,
1: I I, I do think that scientists, you know, get a bad rap for that. And it's, it's definitely, they're definitely out there for sure. Um, you know, CMU is obviously a very special place. And I just find that this, this feeling or this kind of approach to teaching within the chemistry department here was, was spot on. Like it's, it's how we all do things. And I, something I just kind of felt from my, even my first day on the, my interview um, all the way up through, you know, I just finished my last course in biochemistry for the year. So um, it's nice to be part of a, a teaching community that has that kind of empathetic approach. Like we're all here cause we want you guys to succeed, you know?
0: I love that. Yeah. You, you're showing humility in the classroom, right? You're, you're a, a perfect example of that. And then here you are saying, yeah, we have this power dynamic maybe in the classroom and you're breaking that down to say, no, that's actually like the power is all yours. You know, you have the power to learn, to ask questions, to fail, fail again, and then eventually get it right. How oh, I really, yeah, I admire you for that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a big part of science. You know, oftentimes we learn more by failing, whether in the classroom or in experiments, um, you, learn, you can learn from failure, and I think oftentimes that's forgotten. So it's good to remind students that it can be a positive experience.
0: Well, Dr. Jones, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it, and welcome to the CMU, Mably.
1: Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the CMU Now podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.